You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. What's up, Coaches Nation? So excited to see you again uh, for us. This is the post Christmas week. So um, for lots of you guys, that means some, you know, downtime. Uh, but for some of you, it means this is time to ramp things up. So no matter what your Christmas was like and what this week is like for you, we are excited that you are listening to this. And of course, you're probably going to also be listening to this not on Christmas week. So happy not Christmas week for those of you that are listening to it then. Uh, this is Dr. Sherry Flewellen with our co-host Faisal Ansan, and we are here today with another special guest, Jennifer Farner. I know you're going to love to hear her story. Uh, one of the things she's going to, you're going to find that she's going to highlight is that sometimes as coaches, we think, oh, we see how somebody does it like Faisal. We see how Faisal is building his business. We're like, oh my gosh, it's working for him. Like, okay, so that's what I need to have to do. And then we try to emulate and we try to you know, figure out how to take what they're doing and drop it into our lives. But sometimes that doesn't work. There's you know, our own individuality, our own giftedness and the way that we interact with the world is going to be different than Faisal or me or Jennifer or the next coach that you know. So really look, look at and listen to Jennifer's, uh, our conversation with Jennifer today with kind of that lens on how you can use your own life, your own experiences to uh, bring your coaching journey to awesomeness. All right, so before we jump into her story though, we're going to spend a few minutes uh, talking about wins like we always do. So Jennifer, uh, what are some wins that you have had this past week that you wanna share with us? Business, personal, whatever. Ah, yeah, I've had some some good ones. I've started doing Akashic readings since I've had several people just come out of the blue and sign up for readings. And then I'm hosting a retreat in Bali next year and we've had a, our first sign up for it. So that's a really huge win that I'm excited about. That yes! awesome. Bali, that's exciting. Yes, yeah. That's awesome. So, I love so what, what, what's the retreat about? Sorry. Uh, oh, go for it. Yeah, it's, it's a women's transformational retreat. And the theme is awakening your inner goddess. So it's kind of tapping into your intuition, letting go of all the stuff you want to let go of and, and allowing yourself to kind of move forward. So it's a seven day, um, I'm partnering with another coach. So it's um, super, super excited about it. That sounds very exciting. As soon as you said partner, I know Faisal's ear was like, woo, because we are all about partnership and collaboration here. So anytime we hear somebody like working with another coach, uh, I know that his spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> They're always tingling around. <laughs> I sensed something before she said it. No, <laughs> Faisal, what are some wins for you? Uh, so my, a few wins, I mean, I was just reflecting on that this, this morning, that this, this year has been incredible. I mean, there were a lot of challenges around relationships, business, so many things, but the wins were that there was a lot of growth in all these areas. And, and just last year, one of the last things I wanted to do in business was to launch my course. And I was able to do that yesterday. Uh, so I'm fully like online and I'm promoting it uh, at this point. And, and I've made some collaborations just like Jennifer as well. Um, and this year as well and my personal life also working quite a bit on the relationship angle and trying to optimize our life better and uh, to have that balance uh, too so I feel good about all this that's awesome that's so exciting I know that that collaboration that's launched yesterday has been a long time in the works so that's super exciting thank you yeah, yeah. so for um, me um I've had uh, I, you know, I was in kind of reflecting, I've also, it, it's been a crazy productive year. Um, so excited for next year and kind of our goal setting. Um, and when I say our, I, no, largely my husband and I, our family, uh, but one significant step we took yesterday was, um, I hired a, an assistant. <coughs> um, we've had assistants in the past, um, really executive assistant to help, 
uh, to help me in lots of different areas. Uh, but what I'm so excited about with this one is I had an epiphany about a week ago on like, cause it's always the conundrum of like, how do I advertise so that I can get the right person with the right motivation who I don't have to handhold. And I, you know, has some internal motivation. And it was that internal motivation that, uh, that had that epiphany about, uh, about a week and a half ago. And um, so a lot of what this gal does or this gal will do is real estate related uh, for a lot of our investments. And um, I was like, why don't I look for somebody that wants to be where we're at, who wants to invest, who wants to learn how to property manage, that wants to learn how to do all of the stuff because she, she or he will be internally motivated to do a really good job because then they can take what they learn and apply it to their own life as that part grows. So I was like, okay, we're going to try it different this time. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this gal. She has the internal motivation. She wants, you know, she's on the same journey, but just hasn't really started yet because it looks scary. So, so it's kind of like I get to be a mentor, even though I'm paying her, which is kind of funky. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I get to be a mentor and she gets to support us and help us grow as we help her grow. So I'm so excited about this collaborative relationship um, with this gal. So anyway, I, that, that, I, to me, that feels like the biggest emotional win right now. That's awesome. I love that. And after this, Sherry will go back and be like, why am I paying you? Shouldn't you be paying me? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. She will save us so much money and make us so much money. I have no doubts about that. All right. So our sponsor for the uh, the Coach's Journey podcast is the Coaching Mastery Community, which is a virtual community designed for and by coaches. Um, it is specifically designed to help coaches, especially newer coaches that are trying to get traction in their business, uh, whether they left corporate or have are just kind of figuring out what they're gonna, how they're gonna be in the world of coaching. Um, it helps them figure that out. Uh, specifically, helps them figure out how to attract clients and sell and deliver really powerful coaching and all of that stuff. So um, I'm a member of it. Faisal is a member of it. Uh, it's super duper powerful. And yes, I did just say super duper. <laughs> it is. I like those words. <laughs> Faisal, I've been around too many kids this week. Super duper. Um, and I even said whoopsies yesterday a couple times. So <laughs> Faisal, uh, do you have anything to add? Uh, yes. And, and actually this week, uh, I wanted to share, we have a 90-day um, challenge starting for coaches, coaches to get to five figures. So if you're starting out, you've been certified and you've just jumped in and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm excited. I'm going to make this happen. But you're sitting in your office, home office, and you're scratching your head. It's like, oh, this is more complicated than it looks. Then join us, please. Uh, Cause I've been there. We've all been there and uh, the members because we went through this journey and uh, it's a lot simpler with other, uh, um, other coaches, other influencers who are trying to do the same thing. And we challenge each other to move forward. Not only that, but we support each other to develop our skill sets within the coaching world. So not just your business, um, but also skill set. But we talk quite a bit about the, the balance and rhythm that we're going to talk about uh, with Jennifer today and how do we establish that within uh, our businesses so we don't create another job and we create actually a business that, that supports us. Excellent. Thank you. So uh, coachingmasterycommunity.com. If you want to know more about the, the challenge that is launching in just a few weeks. So exciting. All right, Jennifer, we are going to focus on your journey as coach. Uh, what caused you to shift from your corporate life into the wild world of coaching? <laughs> Uh, that's a really good question. So just a little bit of background. I spent um, over 11 years as a private banker for one of the world's top, top private banks in the world. Um, I managed money for some of the, the uber wealthy in not just the state, but the region. And a job like that is very high pressure. It's um, you're on all the time. You're constantly tied to the markets, the financial news, um, and I've got three small kids. And so trying to find that balance has always been a challenge. And there comes points in life sometimes where you can pour your all into your career. And sometimes where you, where you have to kind of shift to focus on taking care of relationships. Like you were saying, Faisal, um, and your kids. 
And so I, towards the end of my tenure at the bank, um, I, I had to, I had some personal crisis happening. My relationship was in dire straits. My kids were struggling with anxiety. So I had to shift my focus a little bit and it took my focus away from work. Um, at the same time, our company had some restructuring happening at the top of the house. And so I, in 2019 was, uh, laid off and part of that restructure. And so it was not a surprise. Um, but at the same time, it was kind of this, um, this gift. I had a chance to really step back and say, do I want to continue on the same path or do I want to look for something different? Um, so I took some time and just sort of evaluated. I did all the, you know, personality tests and try to go back to like, what do I love? What lights me up? And I started taking some coaching certification courses for health coaching. And it was more just for myself to, um, because it was something I was passionate about and interested in. And I fell in love with it and found that like the skills that it takes to be a coach, you know, I mean, there's a lot of knowledge, right? Nutritional knowledge and like um, learning about beliefs and identity and habit change. But the core knowledge is like how to ask the right questions and how to connect with people. And for me, that was something that I did really naturally and that I really loved about being a banker. So I decided to go all in and launched my business in March of 2020, uh, a week before everything shut down here in the US. So my kids came home from school, they didn't, you know, for spring break and they never went back. And so um, I kind of questioned my decision, but at the same time, it still felt right. You know, being able to help people on a really deep level and not just like with their finances, but in areas that like shift their whole life. You know, and the kind of what, what drives me for that is um, when, when people are right with themselves, you know, what I discovered for myself is the more that I started to put myself first, to take care of my needs, make those small changes and kind of work on my own mindset, it made me a better mom. I showed up as a better friend. I was, you know, I, I serve on several boards and committees. I was able to show up in a different way in those spaces too. And so it just made me an all around better person. And I could see the impact on my kids in particular, like they were kinder to each other, you know, yeah, they had their fights and their squabbles, but they, I was able to help coach them through that as opposed to like, you know, losing, losing it and like, you know, just stop it. Anybody who's a parent can tell you, right. But you get to those moments where you're just like, stop fighting. But I was able to use the coaching specific coaching sequences and skill set to really be able to meet them on that emotional level and then seeing how they interact then with other people. It, it's, I could just see kind of this ripple effect of, you know, if that happens in my own life, you know, with the clients that I work with, like I see that happening in their lives too. And just that impact, like, you know, maybe there's hope for this world that, <laughs> you know, that the, the world that my kids grow up in might be kinder and gentler gentler, you know, and not have the same craziness that we we've seen over the last couple of years. Yeah. I would love to, to pause for a little bit in your story around when you chose to, I mean, you were put in a position like, okay, I'm, I don't have my job anymore. Uh, and that's a scary place to be. And, and it's those, it's those, that pivotal moment that, um, almost every single coach I've ever talked to you know, they have this moment, whether they have to choose the path of coaching and, and leave their job or, or whatever the circumstances are still, I mean, it's, it's not an inconsequential decision and it's usually really hard and we second guess ourselves. What was that period like for you? How long did it take you to find you to be like, okay, hundred percent. Yes, I'm doing this. What was that like? I'd say it took me a good three or four months to really get to that point. There was a lot of like internal reflection. Um, I chatted with people from other banks to kind of get into the same thing, just a different, you know, different company and nothing just felt right. Um, but the one like specific moment that was kind of, I, I think the, the, the point that kind of tipped the scale for me was it was meet the teacher night at my, it was, it was, 
it was meet the teacher day at my daughter's school. And so we're there, you know, getting everything signed up and the market took a really huge drop. And I mean, it was all over the news. It was just this, and had I still been at the bank, I would have had to be, I would have been very distracted. I wouldn't have been able to stay there with my daughter to, and my, my boys who were entering pre-K. I wouldn't have been able to stay there and be present with them. I would have had to leave to make client calls, to find out what was happening, to get on the, you know, to really take care of the client business. So for me, it was like, okay, like, I don't want to go back to that world where like, I have to make that decision between my kids and my career. And it, it's not a decision I can consciously make, you know, that I have control over, if that makes sense. I love, I love that you uh, reminded me of a coaching call I had with one of my clients who's a coach as well. And he was able to uh, like basically achieve his dream where he had his passive income coming in and he had his coaching business set up. And uh, it was interesting. That our conversation was around like really taking that in and celebrating that because it took him a while to get to that point. And his thought was within the session, and it, I, I was so happy that I was able to catch that. It's like, uh, and I asked him like, well, how do you feel uh, about like achieving all this stuff? It's so incredible. He's like, well, there's still some things left. I feel like if I do that, then I can get there. I'm like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that you want to wait another three, four, five years to acknowledge what you've been able to do here, to celebrate, to give yourself credit here. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, so when are you going to recognize that? He didn't have a clear answer to that. And it was just a delay tactic in his mind. But um, the, the amazing thing with that was that as he recognized it and acknowledged it, then he could sit there and say, holy shoot, now I can set up my life the way I always wanted to. Yeah. And one of his challenges there was that, well, when I asked him, like, well, why? Why can't you just say that you have uh, full freedom? He's like, well, I still have to do my coaching calls. And that's what kind of triggered what, what you said. I'm like, well, if you take a month, uh, two weeks or a month off, what do you think will happen to your clients? Like nothing. I can just take that off. Yeah. I can go back to my clients after that. And his challenge was that, oh, I still have clients. I'm like, you will always do something that you love, something that you feel connected to. Mm -hmm. And you have to find that sense of freedom within that if you, if you want to. And, and, and just he didn't have to scramble and do all this stuff. And the good thing about coaching is that we're not putting out fires <laughs> in our clients' <laughs> lives. It's like they can wait a week or two. They yeah. can wait a month. Yeah. In fact, a lot of my, my uh, sessions nowadays, um, I'm going more towards bi-weekly if I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching or monthly. I'm, I let go of weekly completely. So it just kind of reminded me of that, which is uh, really cool. Is just kind of acknowledging where we are and, and celebrating that. Yeah, that's it's so hard to do, and I think so often we're we're kind of conditioned in society to just go go go. Like I'll be happy when I you know I'll be successful when, but we we focus on the deficit. You know how far we have to go still, or the things we haven't done instead of like celebrating what we have done or what we have achieved no matter how small and that as you know as coaches like it just it shifts it can completely shift your mindset and from feeling like not enough to like wow I'm actually doing pretty well you know it's kind of like running a marathon and rather than focusing on like wow I just ran 13 miles it's like oh I still have 13 more to go you know you <laughs> like that how far you've come can kind of give you that motivational push to kind of get you to the to the finish line yeah there's a great book i um i hear people talking about all the time i've not read it yet uh, but it's something around um the the gain not the gap something like that where it's it's all about focusing on the gain that's had not the gap that continues between you know where you're at and where you want to be um which is exactly why we talk about wins every time we do our podcast because it's like, let's focus on our games. Let's set the energy and the tone for this whole conversation. There's always a gap, always a gap, mm -hmm. but let's focus on the game. I love that. Yeah.
so Jennifer, you were, you were standing there, you heard about like, oh my gosh, the stock market fell X number of points. Um, but hey, I actually don't have to worry about that right now. Woohoo. <laughs> uh, so, so then what, where did you go from there? So from there, I just poured myself into completing my coaching certifications. Um, I took another class at the same time that was for personal training. My thought being to kind of combine the two. And once those completed, I guess it all finished up about March of 2020. And that's when I decided to launch my business. Um, and from there, it's been really just a big learning journey, uh, trying to find my rhythm, you know, the balance between with my kids being home from school, doing online school and trying to manage a business at the same time, like trying to find that, that balance where I can still be there and be present with them because, you know, their world got pulled out from underneath them too, but then also put the, the effort in that I need for, to make my, move my business forward. So it's, it's been quite a, quite a journey <laughs> to say the least. How do you think if, if, if I was to get one of your kids in the room right now and, and, and talk to them, what do you think they would say has been they've seen their mommy shift. Like what has changed in, in their mom over the past year and a half? I'm there for them more and I'm more patient. Um, I listen better and I'm able to give them the tools that they need to help manage their own, as we call them, like listen to their bodies and manage their own big emotions. You know, so paying attention to those little things that happen, like when they're feeling frustrated and, um, but yeah, I'd say those are the, the biggest things. It's just, I'm much more patient. I'm present with them. I actually play, I'm lighter, you know, I, I would never run around with them on the playground or sit down and build Legos and play board games. Like we do that regularly now. And it's it, it, mom's house. They always say is feels warm and safe, you know? That's incredible. I love that. I love that you've been able to create that. And, and you're also modeling that for other women that you're working with, mom or not. Yeah. Um, t t tell us, because uh, you shared a little bit about a retreat. So that, that's really cool. I mean, since you've started your business, you're already doing retreats. So how did you get to that point, uh, point and how did you find your rhythm? Ah, so retreats are something I've always wanted to do. I love getting up in front of groups and talking. Um, you know, being able to help mentor when I was at the bank, I was like mentoring other younger people, other women, but I just, I love, I love doing that kind of being able to build that container that feels safe and where people can kind of open up. And for me, I went through a retreat, a women's retreat that really um, helped shift things for me prior to, prior to leaving my job. So like, I know the power of it. Um, so another coach that I work with, like her and I, we just have a regular like bi-weekly call where we just kind of check in because it's, it can be a lonely world building a coaching business. So having somebody else who's kind of doing the same thing and talk about on a regular basis, like what she's doing. And as we were talking, she has a desire to do retreats too. And so we had one, one of our calls was like, why don't we do this together? And we both love the idea of Bali. And so we started to put it together and pulled together this amazing program. And it's kind of unique because it has a coaching container on either side of the retreat. So we can help women kind of prepare themselves for the retreat and then help integrate everything that they've learned after. But that collaboration has been huge because it's such a big, I mean, to, to plan an international retreat as your first retreat is a big undertaking, especially during COVID times when you know, a lot of travel is uncertain, but having somebody to work with, to bounce ideas off of, to create together. And we each bring our own unique perspective to it and our strengths. Um, it's kind of where she's really strong is not where I'm strong, vice versa. And so it's a really good synergistic relationship. Um, one thing I thought might be important to share for some coaches out there, you know, a lot of the coaching business, you work one-on-one -on -one with clients and, you know, a lot of them will have like a 90 day program or, and there's a lot of 
talk around creating your signature program. And I really struggled with that for some reason. I think kind of to your point earlier about your client that, um, you know, the freedom around like, well, I still have clients. I, I had a lot of that internally for me. And so I had a lot of resistance around creating my, my own premium package and um, 90 day program. Like I had the program set, but it just didn't feel right to market it. And one of the things that kind of struck me, I had this epiphany the other several months ago, earlier this year was I, I don't want to build my practice around necessarily working one-on-one with clients as that be my, my main source. So I want to do more retreats and more group events. And so being able to kind of plug those in and then have my one-on-one clients in between those, that's been sort of a big, that was a big aha for me of just kind of shifting how I do things. Like even though everybody is doing the, you know, the one-on-one coaching and the group programs and the, like, it just didn't feel natural for me. And I kept resisting it for some reason. And I did a lot of mindset work. And at the end of the day, it was, was just my biggest passion is retreats. And so once we started planning the retreat, everything else has started to open up even more. That's great. I would love to get uh, super specific for a minute on the marketing, yeah. uh, because I think, you know, um, that seems like the biggest gap for a lot of people. It certainly is for me. I've got a great idea. I know I can deliver, but how do I get the people to know that it exists and to be excited? So how, how are you guys marketing it? You've got one person so far. Um, so something worked with that. Uh, what does that look like? So we started just kind of building a wait list. Uh, We created a really simple landing page and word of mouth. We talked about it in social media, not, not directly marketing the retreat, but just, Hey, we've got this coming up. If you're interested, let us know. Um, We had a very simple landing page where people, we, so we had 21 people on the wait list. And then we did a live zoom call, the zoom party where we kind of walked through here's, you know, what the experience is like. We answered questions. We gave away a free coaching session. Um, and so that was a really, I think that was really helpful because it, it builds, it helped to build the interest and, and then more and more people just kind of talk about it, you know? So after we launched the zoom call, we created a sales page. Um, and, we did something kind of different too. So her and I both go to like yoga studios and, you know, you have an acupuncture, you have those little places where you kind of go and you're regular. So we created a flyer with a QR code and we printed up flyers and put them in different places too. So kind of taking some of the marketing offline a little bit, which, I love that. Um, but it's really just talking about it. And I think the more people I talk to and it's like, they can see your energy and excitement around it and it's like, well, tell me more. And then they tell somebody and it, it just it feels much more natural. We have a plan to kind of do more of a bigger push online after the end of January, when hopefully the COVID spike will kind of be on the downswing so we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of been our path so far. I love that you're taking the marketing offline. So many people, uh, it's easy to get kind of anxious about that. I think, um, I think being online, there's like this, this separation that people can kind of protect themselves a little bit by marketing online. But uh, so I love that you are doing both online and offline marketing. Um, and it sounds like that probably just builds the energy for you too. Cause then you get that, you know, physical, uh, exchange of energy. And, um, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. Cause you, that's one of the, one of the toughest things I think over the last couple of years, um, you know, is not being able to like be out there in person, like with people. Cause when you can see people face to face, you can feel their energy, judge their reactions. And it, it does keep you motivated and kind of builds that excitement. Um, and I struggled with the online like getting my business going, just the Insta- Instagram. And it's like all those things you, you're supposed to be doing, but there, there's a, there's a vulnerability in that too. 
you know, it's like every time you post something, it's like, how is it going to be received? And you don't get that immediate feedback from people, you know, like you were just saying that, that, that face-to-face energy where it's like, okay, like I posted something really vulnerable, but it was well-received. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There, there is something powerful about that direct feedback for human beings. Uh, like, and that's why conversations are much easier than you actually recording a training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and that's actually one of the things that I thought about it. And I noticed that with, uh, with myself that any training that I did with people in front of me, even if it was a live Zoom uh, or in person or conversations in person or live, I was much better at articulating something. It would come out much natural, much more naturally. My passion and my desire, everything will come out. But whenever I would have nobody and I'm looking at the camera, even if I'm <laughs> imagining that person, it's much harder. Not than, the same, yeah. it's, it's not the same. Your energy is different. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought about in the beginning of um, end of last year is like, well, within my group coaching community, what if I just did these training videos uh, weekly, but I'll do them live? It doesn't matter how many people show up if they just show up and I do these topics that I love to talk about. And I did. And a big part of my course, uh, a lot of the bonuses became that. And I was looking through my course, the recorded uh, material, the content is good, but the delivery and the bonus sessions are much better. Mm-hmm. They feel much more connected. They meet, feel much more from my heart just because I was like looking at people and talking. Yeah. And I think that's the power of like being around people and retreats and, and, and events and all that stuff. And, and that's one of the things I, I feel inspired because it's one of the things I want to work with other coaches to do by the end of the year. Um, so I'm, I'm curious because I'm thinking about doing that, but how are you handling the logistics? Are you announcing uh, any of the dates or anything? Or are you just saying that this year we're going to go uh, that around this time? So we've announced the dates. Um, initially we didn't, we just said it was coming in May 22, 2022, um, in Bali, here's the resort that we're doing it at. Um, we just kind of dropped little teasers. Um, and then after we did our zoom call, then we said the specific date. So it's like May 15th through the 21st in at the floating leaf resort in Bali. And so then people can go and look up, they can see how it works with their schedule. Um, cause we've already locked it in. So, you know, we're, we're committed <laughs> one way or the other. I'm going to Bali regardless. So <laughs> I'm going, I might as well take people. With me. No. Exactly. Yeah. No. So what, what is the, cause I'm super curious about this. Um, I was, uh, in the middle of kind of starting on the beginning ends of planning a Costa Rica trip for, uh, married on, or entrepreneurial families. Uh, right before COVID hit. So when that happened, I was like, okay, I just get kind of put that on the back shelf. So, but logistically, there's a lot of things to, to, to figure out. Like, what does that, you know, what does that look like? Cause I'll, I'll bet other people like hearing the story of what they need to think about might be super helpful. Yeah. So we, we found a place that does, they, they specialize in retreats. So they do, you know, the meals are included, the accommodations, like they're, they're designed for hosting retreats. So the owner of the facility has been really helpful even in helping us to kind of plan out. So we had our, our, our schedule and we said, here's kind of what we're thinking. And he's like, wow, for a retreat, that's pretty heavy. You might want to consider kind of lightening it. Like, okay. Cause it, cause when you're putting it together initially, you know, you've got all these great ideas and it sounds good on paper, but then when you're actually there, you know, you want to have a lot of space for people to enjoy the, the vacation too, because they're, they're trying to get away. So he's been really helpful in that. So I think that was the biggest thing for us was like finding a place that that's what they do. Um, and they specialize in so they can provide some guidance, um, encouraging people to buy travel insurance. Mm -hmm. And the resort was really helpful about that too. Like, here's the company that we go through. We recommend this one. Um, and then the other logistical piece is really just, you know, the uncertainty around travel restrictions to Bali at this point from different countries. And so just letting people know like, Hey, this is still there. So do your own research and, um, you know, kind of, you're making that decision on your, on your own, you know, do you know what I mean? 
So how did you, how did you decide which things to kind of extract out of the original, uh, you know, schedule for the week? So there were two different things. So one was sort of our content. And then there was the added stuff that the resort does. So, you know, like a purification ceremony at one of the temples or a um, silversmithing workshop where you create your own piece of spiritual jewelry to take away. And then we had other stuff in there, like, you know, as um, like a snorkeling trip. And so we, what we did was we first looked at those extra things and said, what, what is really going to add to the experience and, and kind of um, deepen the, the content stuff that we're, we're teaching. And so that was where we started. And then from our content piece, it was like, okay, let's really pull out the core elements that we think are going to have the biggest impact that for us, it was really important that they can take away and have some elements from each that they can then use in their day-to-day life once they get back home. So, you know, like the five elements of tantric embodiment, for example, or, um, things like ecstatic dance, breath work, um, doing some of the letting go ceremonies, same things like that. We sort of try to keep in the ones that we felt were really the most impactful and where regardless of where somebody was at on their journey would still benefit them. So whether they were just like, this is their first part of their, you know, first starting out and first time ever really like doing inner work or if they are, you know, been on this journey for a while. So it kind of would meet them wherever they were at. I don't know if that answered the question exactly, but. Yeah. I mean, I think you were really, you were really forced to kind of figure out what is, what are the foundational pieces of this all that we want um, our ladies to get that are Mm going to be the most impactful and that, yeah, that is, that are generalizable to everyone, which I think is hard. So kudos to you for, for kind of being able to to put a framework together or to have a framework that you're able to give that is going to, to be helpful and valuable for all ladies. Yeah, I, I think we, we had sort of a general framework to like taking them through that transformational process, you know, of um, kind of assessing where they're at, stepping back a little bit, you know, stepping back and looking at where they're at, letting go, you know, taking empowered action, and then what's the, the future look like? And so using that as sort of a, an overarching framework and kind of putting things in that, that created that mini coaching journey in a seven-day period. So part, part of it, I, I love this, and especially the language you're using, because it sounds like um, what you're describing is like a spiritual journey in a sense. Um, it's it's more of an experience, and within that experience, they integrate certain things from their past, and they they move forward towards some of the things that they want to do, and basically probably even create an identity around this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how in, in a big part of that for like your business or whether it's a coaching business or influencer businesses, uh, being authentic to your message and what you're promoting, and that's how you actually attract people and repel the wrong people around. So uh, can you talk a little bit about how you've been able to talk about your message and what you're creating in the language that you're using? As far as the retreat goes specifically or just retreat uh, specifically, but generally in your business, how have you been able to attract the right clients? It's so some of it is because I work with moms and I am a mom. So some of it is my own experience like I kind of almost put myself in you know if I was if I was reading this if I was consuming this content how would this hit me how would I feel about this and it's talking to people so doing like market research calls um but I don't even I don't really call them market research but just like talking to other moms like hey can I just ask a few questions you know what are some of the biggest struggles right now and pulling out some of their specific language that they use because I think in the coaching world just any business in general any industry you have a you have vernacular that you use you know you've got 
terms that are common to your industry where if you're outside the industry, it might not, you, you, it's like speaking another language. You have no idea what somebody's talking about. And so it's really important to keep the language simple and so that it resonates with the people who are, you wanna, you wanna connect with. And so talking to people, like for me, talking to moms and saying, and asking them, you know, what are your biggest struggles? And then hearing the words of like, man, I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted. I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel and actually pulling some of those terms out and I would jot them down and then kind of weave them into my content. And that's been really helpful because then it, it's like, wow, she's, she's in my head. She's speaking my language. Um, so that's been a big piece of it. And then, you know, pulling in some of the coaching language, if you will, but sometimes if I'm using a bigger word that I feel like might not resonate with my audience, I might say the word and then like, here's what I mean by that, you know, um, like, trying to think of something off the top of my head, but I, I can't quite, but, you know, like talk about mindset, right. Or beliefs or identity, even just, and, and, and like, here's what I mean by that. It's like, you know, you have this internal dialogue of, I can't do that, you know, or I will be happy when. And so that's what this word means. Um, kind of giving examples. I, don't, I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent, but does that did that kind of did that, did that answer your question? Did oh yeah, yeah, it did. Okay. It, was, it was great. You didn't go on a tangent there. Um, I, I I loved what you said there because and and it's really important whether you're in a like a coaching session or a group session or a YouTube conversation is that clarifying one like you said get using their language because then people feel understood and heard um, and. But also the, the part that's interesting is that how you, you, you use a word and not assume that the other person might know that um, and, and just clarifying that. And it's really important, especially because in the world nowadays, there are different interpretations of the same thing. Like you, you just the term spiritual, you say that it means very, very different things to different people. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's the other part. That, so part of it is that you clarify the words and what you mean by them. Um, but then there's, I also sense this energy you have towards the, the, your version of the spiritual experience. Um, and you're communicating that too. So you're also communicating your energy or communicating basically a way of life in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so how, so part of it is meet them where they are and then kind of lead them towards this new path. Um, uh, how do you go to uh, about doing that, especially it, it, as if as it, it might be alien to some people, like well, as you're talking about tantric language or as you're talking about spirituality or whatever it is that might sound weird to other people? <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the other coach that I partnered with for the retreat specifically, she's she's a sex, love and intimacy coach. So she's very, very niched and she does a lot of work in the more new age spiritual tantric communities. And so her, we, we've had a lot of dialogue back and forth on using the right language to pull in the right people. Um, so how I talk about it, it's more of a journey back home to yourself. And what I mean by that is, is women especially, um, but I think just society in general, we, we, we tend to you know, do things in our life where we might put parts of ourselves on the shelf or hide parts of ourselves because for some reason it's not acceptable in our social circles or in our career. You know, for example, I'm, I'm very creative and intuitive, but in the banking world, like that was very weird. I would have not been accepted. And so you kind of push that in the closet, if you will. And over time, I think you tend to kind of lose your sense of really who you are. And there comes a point in life. And I, what I'm finding is a lot of women kind of as that are moms about that mid age, you know, it's like, you kind of look around at your life and you're like, who am I anymore? You know, when I went through my divorce, people would ask, well, what do you like to do? I'm like, I don't, I don't even know, you know, I don't, I don't know what I like to do besides work and manage kids. So 
I talk about it as a journey back home to yourself. It's, it's a journey of like learning to embrace those parts of you that weren't safe to let out into the world before. It's learning to um, say no to things that you don't want to do and to go after something that you do want to do. You know, it's okay to set those boundaries and it's okay to want what you want. It's okay to, to take care of yourself. And so to me, that's, that's the language that, that I use, especially for somebody who's on the very beginning stages of that journey, you know, as you kind of go along the path, you know, that looks, that starts to look a little deep, different, you know, it's tuning into your, tuning into your body and like listening to what your body is telling you, you know, that goes with anything, right. When you walk into a room or you meet somebody and you kind of feel your body recoil or you feel yourself relax, like that's your body telling you something, you know, when you're eating food and, you know, something doesn't sit well, you know, like that's, those are the signs that your body is like trying to speak to you. So on this journey back home to yourself, it's, learning to kind of tune into that again and then embracing all those pieces of you that just weren't safe you know and I think that so much of the the imposter syndrome that we face the the you know well I'm not successful until I reach this milestone you know the stress the overwhelm the burnout I think is often based in us just not being true to who we are and what's true for us you know, you're trying to kind of fit a, like trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole, you know, we, you do that for so long and eventually the edges of that square start to round off and you can kind of squeeze it in there. But at some point, like you feel stuck, you know, and so it's time to kind of pull that out and say, okay, what's, where does this peg actually fit? You know, what's really true for me? What, you know, you know, marketing is an example. There's so many gurus out there, business coaches that all have proven systems. Those systems might really work well for them, but they may not necessarily work for you. You might try them and follow them to the T, but it still doesn't produce the results. And maybe that's because there's, it could be a mindset issue, but maybe there's something there that just energetically isn't right for you. Maybe you're better um, suited to take a slightly different path, you know? I kind of look at like some of the bigger sales organizations, you know, you have people that are rainmakers. They are just really good at sales, right? They get out there, they hustle. It just, they can work a room like nobody's business and they're really successful, but you have people that don't operate that way. Maybe they're more introverted. They build better connections one-on-one. They can be just as successful, but maybe it's not as visible. So I think it's about finding that what's true for you and kind of peeling back all the layers, taking off the masks and saying like, who am I really? And what do I want? And what lights me up? And where am I being pulled or pushed away? So yeah, that's, that was a long answer to your question, but that's the, that's how I think about the spiritual journey about transformation with in my own life. And then also with all the clients that I work with too. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I love that. I can see your heart in it and, and I can see why people would be attracted and moms would be attracted because you're, you're sharing your ex- experience from what I hear essentially. And, and you're using essential in the beginning terms, their language, but then you're sharing your experience and how you've evolved and grown. Um, and what I really, really love, and that's something I, I stress on, especially for a certain group of people who are trying to do things a little bit differently, who are a little bit more creative. We're trying to create something different than the standard. You need to do quite a bit of experimentation. So one of the things I don't like promoting, I'm like, hey, even if I'm creating frameworks and models and stuff, like this worked for me. Mm -hmm. I'm giving this to you so you can use it and experiment with it. This is not a foolproof system. I don't think anything exists like that. Uh, work with it, experiment with it, see how it fits into who you are, into your own identity, into what you're trying to create, what you're evolving into. And that feels more true to a lot of my clients than me saying, well, full foolproof system that will give you this thing. Yep. I haven't seen that for myself yet. 
because any system I've taken, I've had to kind of readjust and figure out how this will work for me. And as an example in business, just like you went towards retreats, I mean, in the past year, I've been contemplating this idea of um, like I was taught to sell packages for coaching, you know, coaching, like you said, three months, six months, all that. And the more I've done this, the more it has made less and less sense to sell packages like that, especially because of how I perceive coaching and, and personal growth and how my clients see it. The more I've seen it, the more in the real world, it looked like this is a part of their life. It's not something you they buy when things go wrong. It's something they are constantly growing and, and evolving through this process. So why am I selling to them as a package? So I, I, the one of the things that I've been happiest about in the past month and a half is to completely let go of that. I, I had my fears and stuff around, but I'm like, well, what would happen if it's just a membership model? You stay as long as it serves you. If it doesn't serve you, well, that challenges me as a coach to keep getting better and better in what I deliver, but it also gives people the, the choices and the, uh, the choice to be able to stay in the program, choose different membership models that serves them, but also the choice to be able to go if it doesn't serve. Mm -hmm. And that was initially from a business standpoint, I'm like, oh, shoot, I can't sign up. What if I can't get a lot of people to sign up for one year or six months or two years, whatever. But in the meantime, I was like, okay, what if they do stay in the program? Then I know beyond a shadow of doubt, they're getting the value. Mm -hmm. And they're not stuck to a contract. Yep. And to me, that was, that was very powerful. But I, I love the way you're sharing all this. Sherry, did you have anything to add? <laughs> I think you said it all, Faisal. <laughs> all right, so, we're done here. <laughs> there we go. So where, where do you see yourself taking your, uh, your coaching business here in the next year? Obviously, you're doing this new um, you know, this retreat, and it sounds like you've, you've got a lot more of them that you want to do. What other ways are you looking at kind of shifting things? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so for 2022, my focus is on the retreats. And I started offering Akashic readings to people, which is kind of tapping more into my intuitive abilities um, and helping people kind of get that clarity that they need as a first step. So one of the things that I'm looking at is kind of like you were saying, letting go of the packages, you know, and just um, creating something that's very unique and different that meets somebody where they're at. So combining the Akashic readings, that intuitive reading with coaching, a coaching container that they can, they can then like take this information and then figure out how to use it in their life to make the choices to get them where they want to go in their life. So rather than having a six month package or a 90 day program, it's, it's more customized to what they want. Yeah. Combining like the intuitive guidance with coaching and specifics like action steps and that accountability to help move them forward. And then using the retreats and like smaller retreats and workshops is sort of the anchors to my, like the primary income drivers for my business. Yeah. It's always fascinating uh, to see how, how people are kind of moving and flowing and, you know, with, with the experiences and kind of what they're learning and discovering about themselves. Myself? Yeah. And, and, and I wanted to add something because there's a very powerful business side of this. And, and that I think Jennifer has been kind of alluding to that and, and sharing that is that that rhythm, which is very powerful. But there's so many different ways to create, especially the online business world is such a creative world that you can go towards, you can start at any point. And, and the thing to keep in mind, and I've, like initially when I started out in this world, I was I was struggling based on that idea that, oh, you have to go this way. You have to start one-on-one -on -one coaching, then you have to do this, you have to do, or you have to start online courses, you have to have a freebie. And then I'm watching this, we talked about the value ladder um, in one of the podcasts, um, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, first of all, when I started out, I had no speaking skills whatsoever. <laughs> so, so me being on camera is like, 
trying to teach a child how to walk uh, who hasn't walked before. It was so my skill set wouldn't be to go and speak in front of people. I was much better off to have those one-on-one -on -one conversation, but I was constantly forcing myself to be in front of people. Now I had its advantages that I did that, but, and, and then you find some people who come in just who love being around people in groups and stuff. So you have a strength there that you can leverage quite a bit. And also there might be a passion around there too. So understanding that there is like, there is no actual standard system. We've all made it up. And we are consistently making it up. And whoever makes up a system that becomes a quote-unquote system that's foolproof, <laughs> foolproof for them. Uh, so just, just taking that to heart because everybody knows this, but we forget this in our day-to-day -day stuff when things don't work out. Well, maybe I'm not doing it the way that person did it. Or maybe not, that's not the case. Maybe you're just not using the things that feel aligned with you. And, and the, that's why I feel like within the coaching realm, within transformation, integration, I think identity is one of the most important things. If you don't understand what you feel deeply aligned with, what you feel connected to, you're constantly going to get stuck because you're going to try to look for external cues as to what you should do versus your internal intuitive system that naturally tells you what to do. Mm -hmm. Just something I wanted to add because it applies to your personal life or business. And, and it is one of those things I, I feel like as coaches, no matter what kind of coach you are, we need to be challenging people to connect to, to who they are, whatever that looks like. You want to put a religious veil on that, spiritual high performance veil. It doesn't actually matter what is their own internal guidance, guidance system because most of us have been taught to look outwards or cues to how we should be versus how we need to be based on our own purpose, our own guidance system, which I think is a powerful strategy for business, to be honest. Yeah, you, you said it. That's been my whole journey. Like that's, you said it so spot on, so perfectly. Thank you. And uh, Sherry, you wanted to go towards our last few questions? Yeah, so we have four questions we love to ask every guest. Um, what is one of the most influential books in your coaching journey? Atomic Habits. Ooh, that's a good one. It's been a while since I've read that one. Yeah. What yeah, was I, powerful for you? I think it put it in a framework. Um, a full I don't know, was, framework? <laughs> a full framework. There was just so many little nuggets and things that I could apply to my, to my life, but also it, 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 it kind of took some of the coaching stuff I learned, I was learning at the time and put it in really simple language that, I don't know, just resonated really strong was sort of solidified what I was learning, so. That's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do for fun? Mm, I'm a runner, so I love to run. Um, I paint, dance, um, those are the big ones. I love to paint, dance, and run. Awesome. And have you done all three at the same time? No. Dancing and painting, yeah. Running, that's its own separate thing. Because <laughs> there's some of those, those um, you know, those, those shorter races that, you know, that they throw like color, color. <laughs> whatever, you know. I've never done those, but they look like so much fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, what do you suppose separates coaches who um, are successful from those that end up giving up of, you know, kind of failing to really even get started? I think it's having, it, it, there's, it's hard to put like broad brushstrokes on it, but I think a big part of success is having a, a support network. So whether it's other coaches or other business owners, um, maybe business groups or startup groups you're a part of, or even just that like best friend that's always like there to kind of help push you through those times when things feel hard because sometimes you're struggling with things and you feel like you're in this vacuum. And so having that support network, I think is, is super critical. 100% agree, which really is why we, you know, we have our coaching mastery community, uh, but I'm reminded, um, so my background is a psychologist <coughs> and I heard, um, you know, and as a psychologist spent a lot of time in research, 
there was one research um, that was done. Uh, of course, I don't remember the references right now because this was probably about 12, 12, 13 years ago, but it stuck out in my mind. And it was simply this, that they looked at kids that, um, and I don't remember if the outcome was suicide or if the outcome was um, depression, like rate of depression. It might've been more depression, but they looked at kids that struggled and kids that didn't struggle and um, looked at their network. And the, it was simply this, if a kid had one good friend, one, then it changed the statistics significantly. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't always take, you know, 99 people that, you know, you can call when things hit the fan. Sometimes it's just that one, knowing that that one is there. Um, so mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And Jennifer, where do you think the field of coaching as, as in general is headed? I think we're just at the beginning of it. I think they're coming out of COVID in the last couple of years. I think people are starting to face some of the hard truths in their lives and they're, they're looking for, for help. Therapists are overwhelmed. Um, and so I think there's, I think the coaching world is just at the beginning stages. So I see it in the next five, 10 years that it's going to be a really even bigger booming business. And I think you're going to see so many different, you're going to see coaching for so many things that you didn't even, can't even think of today because it, there's just, I think there's a need that's so great that coaching is a natural, um, natural way to kind of fill that, that gap. Yeah. If I saw what, what off the cuff, what is something totally crazy that somebody could be a coach for that you would never expect? You never expect. Figuring out, no, but uh, I mean, I'm trying to think what I would expect versus others would expect. <laughs> but I, I would say figuring out your, um, figuring out why you came why you came here in this world your spiritual purpose okay. i'm going to help you figure that out well not me personally but <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there could be so many different areas because i'm thinking in every part of your life there could be a coach and that's actually one of the reasons why i set up my community is that and and that's similar to what jennifer i see is that there are going to be so many different areas people are going to need support in and it's not as, it won't be as broad as personal and professional. It will be, I mean, I've seen like conscious parenting coaches, mm -hmm. transformational coaches, there's health coaches, fitness coaches, spiritual coaches, and the coaches who, I mean, I have seen a coach on Instagram related to, um, uh, who figures out, it's funny how these things are veiled, but who figures out which planet you came from. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that is a, niche. <laughs> it's very niche and she's doing very well and her messaging is very powerful and she attracts amazing people but it bottom line is actually coaching she just has a different language in it, and mm -hmm. she uses the language that people are getting which is very smart so I don't know how much she believes in what she's saying or not but like these are the kind of things that you're seeing is that people they're people emerging within different spheres that are able to use uh, people's beliefs to leverage that to help them in whatever direction. That doesn't necessarily mean negative. That doesn't even mean a lot of times it seems delusional, but what if that helps them create a certain level of awareness to connect with other people, whatever that looks like, that could be the thing that we need. So I, I think it's going to become more and more niche, like Jennifer uh, saying, whatever that looks like. I mean, I've, I've always always in the impression that, you know, men were from Mars and women were from Venus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how I was trained. <laughs> well, see, he, he did it as a joke, but nowadays you see coaches who are using it literally. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What, um, where can people find you, Jennifer? Where can people reach out, uh, you know, to, to have more conversations with you, either about your content or about your journey as a coach? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. My handle is vibrant mama, M-A-M-M-A. And my website is vibrantlifebyjennifer.com. So they can connect with me either way. Um, send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to, love to chat and love to connect. 
I just love talking to people. So reach out. Well, we appreciate you talking with us today and sharing your story and sharing uh, what you're doing. It sounds, um, I love the, like Faisal said, I, we can tell the energy with you um, as you're speaking about the things that you're, that you love and that you're passionate about. Well, thank you both so much for having me. It's been truly an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been amazing uh, having you here. And, and I just wanted to share one last thing. First of all, definitely, uh, if you're watching this, like and share this post with any coach who might be struggling, because I think there were some powerful things Jennifer shared around business and messaging. And, and to kind of sum it up, the, the, this one quote kept repeating in my head as we were talking through that this whole thing that's attributed to Einstein is that everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's going to grow up its whole life thinking it's stupid. And, and that is the story of, uh, I'd say, many of most of the coaches and influencers I've met, they have that kind of story. If you actually just see over it, they thought that they should be doing something. And then they realize at some point, like, no, 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 that's not who I am. And then all of a sudden they go into this new field. They, they appear like they're a genius in that field. But they always were if they honed in those areas. So just wanted to share that and uh, reach out to us uh, related to that challenge. You can go to coachingmasterycommunity.com. Uh, if you really want to uh, move your business to the next level, like Jennifer mentioned, uh, you need collaboration. You need other people around you. You need support. Um, I tried to do it alone the first couple of years. It was a disaster. I know many coaches that were part <laughs> of our me membership. It's the same thing that happens. It's, it's a human thing. Um, so if you need that support uh, or if you're ready for that support, then we're there for you. All right, guys, have a fantastic day. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Bye. Thank you. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. 